everybody, this is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Deanna. Welcome to another episode of the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. In this episode, I'm interviewing Dr. Michael Murray. Dr. Michael Murray is in my universe, he's famous. I knew about Dr. Michael Murray decades ago. He had written a number of books, one of which uh, I still even reference today, the textbook of natural medicine really fantastic resource with uh, so much good information. You know, he's really been the pioneer in this whole sphere of food as medicine. And so what you're going to hear in this podcast is um, many of his tips and, and different ways that he gets phytonutrients and more plant foods in his diet. We talk about blueberries. We talk about flavonoids. We even talk about lectins. I had to ask him about lectins because that's one of the major pushbacks of following a plant-based diet. So learn lots in this podcast. I always do every time I talk with Dr. Murray. Enjoy and get ready to, uh, <laughs> to take lots of notes. Take care. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. Today, our very special guest is Dr. Michael Murray. So, Dr. Murray, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's been a delight. You know, I've gotten to know you a, l- a little bit over these past months uh, in terms of who you are as a person. You know, where is your, your your line of research going? What are the things that you're interested in? And, of course, I've been a longtime follower of yours uh, with all of the books that you have and really being a pioneer in natural medicine. So thank you for all of your contributions to the field. Well, well I appreciate that. So I'm going to ask you a, another very personal question um, aside from our, our previous conversations and, and kind of the getting to know each other. Uh, kind of curious, what is your favorite color? I love yellow. I've always loved yellow. And what's interesting is that every member of my family has a favorite color that they have great affection for. And I'm no different. Uh, I, I love I love yellow. Yellow. Oh, wow. That, that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, I was thinking blue for you. But um, yellow kind of makes sense. I mean, you are a very cheerful person. There's been some research on people that favor the color yellow having a healthier, happier, brighter mood. So I don't know if that fits for you. I think it does from the outside. <laughs> you you like the sun. You live in Arizona. So, you know, yeah. there's that connection with uh, with yellow. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, uh, is it, color's interesting, right? Uh, I, I, uh, I, like, uh, I like bright colors. Yes, uh, really important um, to have that sense of vibrancy. And, and that really does take us into a discussion of something that you and I both appreciate very much, which is plant pigments. You know, I'm thinking about phytonutrients. And all of the books that you've written, you know, really what you're educating the public towards is 
what I can see anyway is a better understanding of how plants are truly medicine. So I'm wondering if you'd like to say a couple things about that and, and maybe even to go into some of the more recent research on, on plants and how they can heal us. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I believe that uh, the future of medicine is food. And, you know, I, I include uh, uh, plants uh, in, in that, uh, that prophecy. I, I think that uh, there are so many uh, just wonderful benefits uh, that we get from various phytochemicals that are found in plants uh, of all sorts, whether these are things that we generally think of as food or herbs or spices. And I, I just think it's fun to study the health benefits and to also uh, uh, enjoy the great taste that many of these medicinal foods and uh, herbs and spices uh, have. And it's, it's fun to cook and prepare and enjoy and, of course, uh, eat. Yes, and what I like about what you just said was that it's a well-rounded approach. It's not just getting phytonutrients for their medicinal impact, but they actually impart flavor and they help us to savor our food better. So it makes our eating experience much more nourishing rather than just being nutrient dense. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. Uh, you, you know, I discover new things all the time uh, in regards to preparing foods. Uh, uh, and th there's so many times that uh, we think that it's difficult and, and time consuming to to eat healthfully, but but that's not true. There's so many great resources uh, on the internet and uh, through uh, people like yourself and, and me as well that provide, you know, I think practical ways to enjoy the health benefits of food. Uh, and it's not a it's not a difficult task. It's easy. Uh, uh, you know, something as simple as roasting some vegetables uh, on a on a, a cookie sheet. You know, while you're mixing your salad, I mean, it's, how, how, how easy could that be? You know, uh, I just had the experience this past weekend of um, seeing a cat very debilitated from uh, crippling arthritis. And as I was at the home of my friend where this cat was, I was noticing that there was some poor quality cat food on the counter, but yet uh, CBD oil and fish oil was being given to the animal to help with the arthritis. And I was thinking to myself, and I even mentioned it to my friend, I said, you know, she was house sitting. And so I said, it'd be really great if rather than loading ourselves up with supplements, we just do something easy like food, you know, <laughs> getting at food first rather than going to supplements as the first line approach and what you're saying totally makes sense it's like rather than give that poor cat all of these different supplements which it probably doesn't want to take anyway why not just give it really good quality food rather than all of these uh, processed foods and we can liken it to humans too right you know so right. many people would say well i'll just go take a supplement rather than change my diet yeah, uh, one of the things that we're uh, really learning is the importance of dietary diversity. I, I know you know we have similar philosophies in regards to the rainbow diet and the importance of eating uh, a full range of phytochemicals, in, in the particular uh, these plant pigments. Uh, and the reason why dietary diversity is so important is because uh, that plays a big role in the makeup of our microbiome, which is our uh, bacterial and other microbial flora that uh, really uh, play a huge role in our overall health. And what 
the research shows quite convincingly is that um, microbial diversity in the microbiome is a big indicator of, of health. And the best way to get that sort of diversity is to have a diet that is rich in, in plant foods and rich in a variety of, of plant foods. And one of the things I've noticed in working with, with people for nearly 40 years now is that most people are eating the same foods day in and day out. Now, there might be some subtle variations uh, uh, from <laughs> time to time, but in general, people are eating the same meals uh, throughout the week that they ate the prior week. So uh, that's not uh, conducive to uh, diverse uh, microbiome, and that's not conducive to health. And so one of the, the key messages that I want to give today is that people really need to branch out and try new things. And there's such a cornucopia or just so many great foods that we have available to us uh, these days. And most people just don't break out of their comfort zone. And you don't know if you might really like something if you never try it. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I can uh, think back to when my mother would say that to me growing up. You know, it's kind of like the two-bite rule. Try yeah. this without adding anything to it just to see how you do with it. And you know, I think that one of the most common questions I get from people is, how do I start to get diversity in my diet? I'm in this rut, my life is in a rut, and it's almost like everything kind of goes together. So what would be some tips, you know, what are some of the things that you do? I know that you have a whole smoothing, smoothie routine that you have, uh, you bring in different things there. Are there certain things certain practical things that um, many of us, no matter our income, uh, where we live, whether it's rural or urban, are there just some basic things that you could recommend to everybody listening by way of getting more diversity in their diet? Yeah, uh, I think uh, just having more mindfulness in uh, thinking about what you're going to eat the next day or maybe uh, the, the upcoming week. Uh, you know, that's that's what I do. I kind of plan out my my meals. I love to plan. <laughs> I, uh, it, uh, so uh, it, when you're talking about diet, we, we can plan out uh, our, our diet uh, every night, the day before. Or in, the, in my case, I generally get a little bit ahead of that. Uh, and I think that that goes a long way in helping people become conscious about creating diversity in in their diet. But even with the with the this some uh, simple uh, types of foods that we know are healthy, uh, like berries, uh, I, I try to uh, mix it up. I, I I think berries are a superfood, and I think I try to include. Uh, some type of berry in, in my daily routine, either as part of my, my smoothie mix, as, as you were referring to, or, you know, they're great on their own, or uh, with a little bit of coconut milk, or, you know, uh, just uh, as a great uh, dessert, they, they just really satisfy. So um, what I try to do is just not eat the same berry every day. Uh, so when I when I go shopping, I, I buy a variety of, of different berries, and I know you can get mixed berries, uh, but uh, I think I think there's some value of kind of really loading up on some of these uh, um, foods, uh, kind of creating a loading dose. Uh, so um, rather than 
eat a bowl of mixed berries. I like to eat a bowl of raspberries or a, a bowl of blueberries or uh, strawberries or uh, asahi berries or goji. You know, I just I, I just think there's something to uh, enjoying uh, that whole uh, experience of eating that particular uh, berry versus kind of uh, an explosion of, of, of foods. Now, keep in mind that uh, I segregate my food. I don't like my food touching. I'm one of those type of people. Ah, I didn't know and that. I, and, and, and I, I don't like mixing my foods together. Uh, uh, people always uh, try to say, oh, no, you got to mix that together. And I go, no, no, I like my, I like, you know, I like my, uh, my food kind of, kind of separate. So, uh, you know, uh, so I, I tend to, I tend to eat uh, uh, in, in that manner and really focus on, on uh, those, those, uh, those individual foods. So for me, it's really easy because I, I have that, a tendency and, 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 and habit. So uh, I mentioned, you know, roasting uh, vegetables. I, last night I had uh, a really simple salad. It didn't take any real effort to, to, to make. Uh, I, I, uh, I roasted uh, cauliflower and uh, just, just with a little bit of pepper on it. And then uh, and I had the, the florets were small. And then I cut up some cucumber and some some uh, red pepper, and uh, uh, you know mix mix them in a bowl and added the the uh, the cauliflower with a little bit of uh, tahini and apple cider vinegar. And I'm telling you, it was one of the best it was one of the best side dishes I've had in a long time. Very simple. Uh, I just had come across that recipe and thought, wow, that I, that's really interesting because. Uh, I, I hadn't had it, so I tried it and I loved it, and uh, now it's now it's going to be part of the the rotation. So that means I might have it every uh, every month or so. Uh, you know, there's so many great recipes that I've fallen in love with and enjoy making, but I love it too when I discover something that uh, is simple, quick, and easy to prepare, and tastes fantastic and is good for you. And and that's what I discovered last night. That's a that's a great one. It's such a simple one and uh, one that tastes very good. And as you mentioned it, I was reflecting back to my upbringing. My mother was a, a zealot, and she was what at the time would be called a health nut. And I remember her saying not to eat anything white. It was kind of like, well, the whiter the bread, the quicker you're dead, so avoid anything white. But there are a number of healing white foods. When I go through the rainbow with people, there's a lot on red and orange, and sometimes yellow can be challenging, but green, there's a plethora of green foods. Blue, purple, you mentioned the berries. Yeah. White foods, you know, there's a spectrum within each of the spectrum, uh, within each of the colors, the individual spectra. And the white foods, what you just mentioned there, and even some of the tan with tahini, there are a number of healing white foods um, that your body can get. Even though it doesn't look like there's pigment and, you know, color, we're still getting things from those foods. Right. You you know, I love white onions. And even if I I get a recipe and it's calling for uh, yellow or red onions, I I just like white onions. I think they, they... they just have more punch. Uh, daikon radish, uh, you know, cauliflower, 
uh, fennel. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of pale or white foods that I just absolutely love, and they're packed full of really important phytochemicals. And uh, sometimes they're packed full of, of pigments as well. I mean, there's a lot. When we look at green foods, they're packed full of not only green pigments, but all sorts of other pigments as well. Uh, with white foods, uh, we know that they're rich in, in certain flavonoids, a quercetin, for, for example. Normally, we think of quercetin as being yellow, but th there's got to be factors in the, in the, in the plant that uh, kind of mask those colors. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many benefits to, to all foods, regardless of the, their, the color. And we, we focus on the rainbow, and we think that you know, the, the greater the, the color, the, the more p powerful the punch. But uh, one of my ways of kind of increasing the zest or the zing of a, of a juice is to add uh, daikon radish. I just think it's a great, uh, great addition. And uh, you know, even you know, regular red radishes. You know, you look inside; it's they're white, and even even if you you peel those uh, those radishes, they still pack a pretty powerful punch. And those compounds, those isothiocyanates that are in uh, daikon and, and red radish, those are powerful anti-cancer compounds and great for your immune system. And they're they're also really good to help with the nasal and sinus passageways. Okay, so yeah, lots of great things that can happen with, with white foods and things that we can get from white foods. And you gave such great examples of pungent varieties and even uh, how these different actives in white foods can convert into very active detoxifying compounds like sulforaphane. Uh, I know that uh, one of your favorite classes of compounds is flavonoids. <laughs> I remember yeah. that very distinctly because, you know, I, I studied carotenoids. My master's was on carotenoids and oxidative stress. And uh, when we had our one of our conversations, we were talking about carotenoids and the flavonoids. And, you know, there are two big classes of phytonutrients. And I wonder if you can talk more about flavonoids. Why do we need them? What are the foods we can find them in? And are they designated by color? Great. Well, uh, flavonoids uh, are, are part of those uh, polyphenol-type molecules, and uh, there are about 8,000 different uh, flavonoids that have been identified and, and chemically classified. And as a group of compounds, these are referred to as nature's biological response modifiers. Now, don't uh, be intimidated by that term. I'm going to break it down. Nature's biological response modifiers. What does that mean? Well, these flavonoids have been shown to uh, modify our response to the environment. And this is noted by antioxidant, antiviral, uh, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, anti-aging. Uh, <laughs> these are just some of the benefits that these compounds have been shown to, to produce. Uh, they are responsible not only for the colors of many fruit and and other plant foods, but also the medicinal effects of many herbs. Uh, so, for example, St. John's wort, ginkgo, uh, bilberry. Uh, these are all uh, uh, medicinal plants that owe their 
majority of benefits to these plant pigments known as, as flavonoids. And uh, we get flavonoids uh, from all sorts of different uh, foods in the diet. Uh, generally, when people uh, learn about flavonoids, they're told that they're found in citrus fruit and in berries. But uh, something like a red kidney bean is very rich in, in flavonoids. In fact, uh, when we look at antioxidant activity, uh, a serving of red kidney beans has greater antioxidant activity than a serving of, of blueberries. Uh, red kidney beans uh, were shown to be the number one food for antioxidant activity, according to the USDA, and it's due to these these flavonoid uh, components. Uh, peanuts are also rich in, in flavonoids, so they're they're found in a variety of, uh, of fruits and vegetables. I, I mentioned onions being rich in quercetin. Uh, and and the, the absorption of these flavonoids tend to be uh, better uh, from the food source than in, in uh, supplement uh, form. I, I love flavonoids just because uh, I love herbal medicine. And, and as I said, many of the uh, medicinal plants owe their, their uh, healing effects due to their flavonoid uh, component. So uh, great uh, class of compounds. And I've made it a, a, a big goal to uh, really have a high intake of, of flavonoids on a daily basis. And I do this through supplementation, but also through some, some real simple uh, practices. I always try to have a serving of, of berries or flavonoid-rich fruit uh, every day. I love uh, raw cacao, uh, the medicinal effects of uh, cocoa, cacao, and chocolate, dark chocolate, are all related to the flavonoid component. So I have one or two tablespoons of raw cacao, usually mixed in with some some hot coconut milk uh, in the morning. It's just a great, my version of hot cocoa, I use some natural sweetener and just a, a great habit. I know it's uh, doing uh, great things for me. And when you start looking at the benefits of flavonoids, they're they're really uh, quite uh, interesting because uh, they have some degree of tissue specificity, meaning different flavonoids have an affinity for different body compartments, different body tissues, and we can use them kind of like a, a tissue-specific antioxidant. But in general, they're very uh, healthful for the lining of our uh, blood vessels. So they, they help protect against damage to the blood vessels, help prevent hardening of the arteries, help prevent clot formation. So very important in protecting against cardiovascular disease. They're also very useful in promoting improved blood flow to the brain and to the eyes and into other nervous tissues. So uh, animal studies, for example, have shown that uh, a serving of uh, blueberries can make those uh, those rats and mice smarter. Uh, the human equivalent, they did a study with, with adolescents, uh, uh, teenagers, and they found that when they ate berries, uh, just one serving of berries after an acute ingestion of berries, uh, they n noted a significant improvement in their mood scores. So uh, <laughs> uh, I think there's some reasons for that. Uh, these uh, plant pigments are very useful in uh, helping reinforce the blood-brain barrier. And, and this barrier is designed to uh, help good things get into the brain and keep toxins out. And I think that 
uh, the, I think that may have been one of the ways in which uh, the, the blueberries improved mood in the teenagers. Everybody wants happier teenagers. Well, uh, diet goes a long way in achieving that, and uh, berries, I think, are an important uh, component of a healthy diet. That is so well said, um, and it, it's just really profound how many effects that these different phytochemicals have in our bodies. Uh, in some cases, we could see it as pleiotropism. So it's not yep. just one thing that they're doing, they're doing multiple things simultaneously, and at the level of not turning anything on or off, but helping to get the system back into balance. Now, I think, you know, you and I are very much on the same page with our advocacy of eating a more plant-based diet, but there's a lot of, uh, I would say, uprising criticism about plants. And one of the things that people criticize a plant-based diet uh, for is the amount of lectins in the diet. And when you mention red kidney beans being an important source of flavonoids, it got me thinking along the path of, well, I'm wondering what Dr. Murray thinks about lectins because it's such a hot topic now. It's like one of the major pushbacks I get from people when they say, well, I can't eat my fruits and vegetables because they have lectins. So what's your take on this very controversial topic of lectins? I think lectins are great. Uh, I think they're, <laughs> I, I, I think they're, 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 they're really good. Um, yeah, I think there's sometimes there's uh, co controversies where there, we should just take a look at uh, common sense. Um, and I, I like I like population-based studies sometimes for dispelling myths. And what we know from blue zones, uh, blue zones are areas where people uh, live longer and, and they're healthier. We know that in, in all the blue zones uh, studied, uh, legumes, beans were important uh, dietary components. So it doesn't make sense for me to eliminate those, those foods. Uh, the concern about lectins has to do with, you know, binding to, to sugars and binding to, uh, you know, compounds within our body. But the thing is, is that there's no study that show these lectins are absorbed. We know that cooking inactivates them. So, yeah, if you're going to eat raw kidney beans, that may not be so good, maybe be almost impossible uh, to, to do that. But cooking inactivates the lectins. I, I don't think it, uh, it's a big deal. I think it's a, a much ado about, about nothing, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the cooking piece is, is essential to note, too, that we're not eating a lot of these raw compounds. So, you know, the, the culmination, as you, we can all tell by listening to you, your knowledge base is vast. You've had, like you said, 40 years of experience in helping people, writing all these uh, different books that you have and really putting your, your wisdom out there into the world. You're doing a summit in October 2018 on the healing power of food. I'm curious, what, what uh, was your thought in putting together this summit and what do you most hope to achieve in, in having this summit? Well, thank you. Yeah, the the summit's called the Healing Power of Food Summit, uh, and it was just a fantastic experience. Had over 30 experts, including you, uh, talk about uh, your love and passion for 
uh, for food. And it was really interesting because, uh, you know, you have a, an affection for uh, carotenoids and a rainbow diet. And, uh, you know, it comes out when you start talking about about those aspects of, uh, of healing food. And uh, other experts had uh, other uh, aspects that they were equally passionate about. And, uh, you know, we touched on all the different uh, uh, kind of hot topics in nutrition, keto diet, paleo, and veganism. And, you know, we had different people uh, representing those various camps. And it was it was great. So uh, what, I, what I've learned over the years is that uh, not everyone's going to respond to me and not everyone's going to respond to you and, and, uh, or the next expert. And that's okay. Uh, and there's more common ground, uh, in these experts, whether they're, you know, even a, a paleo or a keto a person uh, that's, you know, advocating a high meat intake versus, you know, complete uh, vegan. Uh, there's more common ground and that's what really came through uh, in uh, I think the uh, the interviewing of all these different experts uh, there's there is uh, some underlying themes of what constitutes a, a great healthy diet and one of the <laughs> the key features is to eat more whole natural food and uh, the experts may disagree on what that really entails but one thing they all agree on is we need to get rid of of all the processed foods, uh, refined carbohydrates and uh, unnatural fats and all the things that are really robbing people's health that they're consuming. Absolutely. And so um, what I'm going to do for all the listeners is put a link to the summit uh, in the show notes here so that people can uh, easily get to the summit. They can sign up for it. They can listen to these experts. I'm actually really excited. I'm very selective about the summits that I do these days. And when I saw yours coming through, I thought this is really what the world needs. We need more information about food as medicine. So thank you for, for offering this to the public. I, I think it's, um, again, it's a wonderful exploration of information and also inspiration. I think that we need the inspiration to keep it going. Yeah, and you know, that's another thing that was common with all these people, and I know many of them uh, are very familiar to you. Uh, Jeff Bland, Joe Pizzorno, Mark Hyman, uh, Mark Stangler, uh, uh, Joel Furman, uh, Alan Christensen, David Katz. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And all these people are passionate people. And uh, it's it was just fantastic to, to kind of give them the stage to kind of explain why they were so passionate about the things that they were passionate about uh, regarding the healing power of food. And uh, lots of great uh, free information. The summit is free. Uh, we do offer an incentive for people that want to have the luxury of just being able to watch all these great interviews at their own convenience. But uh, it's really designed to just get the word out that uh, the best medicine is uh, natural medicine. And one of the best uh, fundamental ways that we can change our lives is by changing the food that we eat. And uh, boy, uh, people are just going to love all these different uh, opinions and uh, thought leaders that we've we've brought together in this uh, wonderful summit. Uh, 
absolutely agree, and I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be exciting. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, we so, should probably say that it's a virtual summit, it's so a virtual it consists summit. of yeah, yeah, of watching these uh, these interviews. Uh, it's a, it'll be over a, a, a ten day uh, period. Um, and uh, boy, uh, it's, 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 I think people are really going to, to be thrilled with, with all the great uh, free gifts that are offered and just the whole, the whole event. I agree. And I, again, I want to thank you for your humble wisdom, uh, your, your knowledge, everything that you're, you've been putting out there for years. And uh, I feel like there's this culmination that's happening with the summit. And so, uh, again, what I will do is in the show notes, I'll put the link to the summit. I'll put the link to your website, Dr. Marie. And uh, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience before we close? Well, I, I hope this is the first of, uh, of many interviews, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with, with your followers, and uh, I, I think they've chosen well, and I applaud the work that you're doing, and uh, uh, I, I really appreciate you being on the summit and, and, and being so supportive, so thank you. Thank you so much uh, for being so kind with your words, and uh, it's been great to have another chat with you, so thank you for your time. Oh, you bet.